Hello, everyone. Jeff Hancher here from the Champion Forum. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what is your state of readiness. Today, I'm going to discuss with you the state of readiness. You know, at some point, opportunity is going to present itself to you as a leader. It's never going to be a question of if the opportunities come. The only possible question is going to be when. You see, it was uh, 1999. I was interviewing for my first big sales job. I was uh, in a blue-collar job at the company I was working for, and I saw all these salespeople running around looking fancy, talking fancy, driving the nice cars, wearing the nice clothes, and uh, I always had a quote-unquote gift for gab, and I thought, that's something that I think I can do, and I heard about an opportunity opened up, so I put my name in the hat for this opportunity. I always wanted to be in sales. Uh, What I found out during that process was uh, my natural ability wasn't enough. As a matter of fact, I bombed the interview. The interviewer was giving me questions that I never even heard of about sales. I just thought sales was something that uh, you had to have a big personality, the gift of gab, uh, outgoing, those kind of things. And I learned very quickly in that interview in a corporate setting that it was a lot more than that, and I bombed the interview. For the first time, I truly experienced failure on a a big level, on a big stage. I left that interview thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide a life for the, the family that I was starting, the family that I wanted to have? I was newly married only after about 18 months. We were thinking about having kids And uh, here I was in this blue-collar job wanting to do more, wanting to excel, wanting to pursue success, and I just bombed the opportunity. I had the agony of the ride home knowing I was going to have to tell my wife. I felt like a big disappointment. I remember pulling in the driveway that day, pausing, thinking about how am I going to craft this into a positive How am I going to be the leader of my home and go in there and look my wife in the face and tell her I blew it for us? As a good wife that she is, she was supportive. She told me everything was going to be okay, but the reality was it wasn't okay with me. It's one thing to miss out on an opportunity that affects you. But as a leader, we have to understand it's another thing when your lack of readiness affects everybody around you, those around you. So how about you today, listener? What's the next big opportunity that awaits you? You know, as a leader, what decision will you be, will you be put will be put forth to you? What decision will you possibly need to make? Because it's not if tough decisions will need to be made or opportunities will be coming, but it's when they will be coming. What will the consequences be to your organization or possibly to your family if you're not prepared when the moment arises? Cuz we know this It's going to arise. You know, as a leader, it's no longer about you, but it's about the people counting on you to lead them. What have you done as a leader to prepare? What is your state of readiness? So as I was thinking about this subject, because uh, as I just told you this story about bombing the interview, there have been other times in my life that this has happened, and every time I've learned more through it. And I want to share some experiences with you that have helped me in preparing for state of readiness. 
you know, I'm glad to tell you that from that time of that interview, I've been promoted nine times. You know, I've been in leadership now for over 20 years and have had a, an awesome responsibility to lead people. But there were a lot of pitfalls along the way that I'm hopeful that I will help you to avoid. And so I'm going to give you three steps today that I think will enhance your state of readiness. The first step in uh, ensuring that you are in a prepared state of readiness is to be accountable. Preparation is about being proactive to deliver on responsibility that you as a leader are accountable for. That is really the definition of accountability. It is being prepared and being ready to be proactive to deliver responsibility on something that you and you alone are being held accountable for. You see, it was my responsibility to be prepared for that interview that day. And the reality was, I was just relying on everything uh, that I had done in the past. But I wasn't ready. You know, the reality is this, as I look back on that day, not only was I not ready to be a salesperson in a formal organization, I didn't even know how to tie a tie. As I look back on that, I had a friend tie the tie for me for the interview. Forget about articulating the steps of a sales process. I didn't know how to tie a tie. If that's not not being prepared and lacking a state of readiness, I don't know what is. But many of us go through life relying on our natural ability and our charm and and our good looks, and we think that it's just going to work out. You will come to a place that you will plateau that it just won't work out anymore. I wasn't serious about taking the next step. I wasn't serious about the real opportunity. If I was, I would have taken care of some of the intangibles. I would have been able to articulate what the steps of a good sales process was. I couldn't do that. As a leader, you can never stop being accountable to others and yourself. You are not only accountable to yourself anymore as a leader, but you're accountable to everybody around you because they're counting on you to make the right decisions when the opportunity presents itself. It's no longer about you. When you become a leader, it's about others. You see, as a leader, you are ultimately being held responsible to be prepared for the unexpected. I've said it many, many times. You'll hear me say it throughout these podcasts. You get paid in proportion to the problems that you solve. Being a leader, you can't be the leader that says, hey, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't see it coming. That's part of leadership. Part of leadership is looking beyond the turn and seeing what's coming, although there's a hillside or a blind spot, anticipating challenges that may come, dips in economy, uh, your state of readiness with staffing. We could go on and on. As leaders, there's a lot of things that we have to do. You can't say, I didn't see it coming. That's part of leadership. There's a lot of things you don't see coming. Your state of readiness will determine how you deal with the unknown. You can't let the expected stop you from moving forward. Think about it in business. If there's one thing that you can expect, it's the unexpected. You can't let that stop you from moving forward because the second you let it stop you from moving forward, your competition is gaining ground. Internally, as a leader, you have other people, maybe even that report to you, that are gaining ground and want to take your job. There's a lot at stake, and most importantly, beyond all of those other things, there are people's lives at stake that are counting on you for employment, pay raises, and there are families at stake even beyond that. To be held accountable, make sure that you're getting feedback from people around you as well. And I mean critical 
feedback. And I'm not saying go in and become the firing line for people. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. But here's what I am saying. Don't just ask mom and dad how you're doing. Uh, mom and dad are going to tell you you're great. You're the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, we're so proud of you. You're a superstar. You're, you're so good at what you do. Get that feedback and, and move on. Find people in your life that are going to be very transparent for you. Expose your weaknesses so that you can dig in a little bit deeper and find out what are the rough edges that you need to smooth out. Maybe it's being too critical. Maybe it's being uh, mean-spirited. There's a lot of things in leadership that we can drop the ball on. You need somebody that's willing to look you square in the face and tell you where your shortcomings are, and then you need to be held accountable to your own self to look in the mirror, realize what those flaws are, and make the necessary corrections. Step number two, continuous improvement. This is an area that I cannot stress enough. I talk to my kids about it all the time. I talk to the people that report to me uh, even now. You know, what I've learned over time with people and being in circles or, you know, grabbing a coffee with somebody, uh, the problem is really not the dream. I, I don't find that to be the problem. There are, there are small cases where people don't even dream big. Uh, but I would tell you, by and large, in the circles that I run in, the dreaming's not the problem. The problem is the people who only dream and never prepare to take action. I can't get my head around sitting around and dreaming really, really big and then never getting started. I, I don't really, I think it's really a waste of time. And it's just a lot of talk and not a whole bunch of action. Remember this, excellence is a journey. It's not a destination. When you're thinking about dreaming, when you're thinking about your life as you see it, as you want it to be, and uh, you think about what it's going to take to get to that end result as a leader or as an individual, you have to understand that it's going to require some excellence. But don't let that cripple you in getting started. Excellence is a journey. It's not a destination. Seek excellence, not perfection. When I see people that dream big but never take action, I think it's because perfection kills their state of readiness. And that's what we're talking about today, is having a good state of readiness. But you're so pushed towards perfection that you never even get started. And uh, there you find yourself talking about to everybody about your dream and what you want to do, but you let perfection or the reasons why stop you from your state of readiness. Here's the reality. There will never be a perfect time to get started with what you're called to do with your dream. Sometimes you have to just jump in and have some effort and not be perfect. But as I said, number two, always look to continue to improve. You see, I went into that interview that day very confident. Uh, I would tell you that I was probably right on the line of arrogance walking in there. Why? I was really good at the job that I was doing. Um, I, I, I was breaking records. I was doing well at my job, winning contests, doing all of these things. I thought I looked the part. Uh, I sounded good. You know, I wasn't, I was very bold, not easily intimidated. I went into that interview very confident. And you know what? I didn't lose much in life up to that point, whether it was, you know, athletics or contests or, you know, being in the military, whatever it might have been. I didn't lose a whole bunch. However, as I reflected on the outcome of not getting that job, I was forced to look in the mirror and be honest with myself. And I realized that I did not take enough time 
and I didn't do the proper action to prepare. I didn't look at continuous improvement. Matter of fact, to, to be transparent, I had never even read a sales book up until that interview. Nothing. I did nothing other than just saw what other people did and, you know, used my charm and, and my character to uh, get what I wanted, if you will. But I had to reflect on that day and figure out what it was that I had to get better at. I was relying on natural ability and it simply wasn't enough. So know this, and I think this is a very good point because there's a lot of people that I've come across that let this hurt them. What got you here will not keep you here. And here's another newsflash. What got you here surely will not get you to where you want to go. If you are not constantly improving, the world is catching up and they will ultimately pass you by. As a leader in your occupation, whatever vocation that you're doing, in ministry, in the nonprofit that you're in, I don't care what it is that you put your hand to do, and I don't care how fast you got to where you are, if you are not improving, you will become stagnant and ultimately you will start heading backwards. What got you here will not get you to where you want to go. Most leaders do not invest in becoming better. And here's why. There is typically some level of pain and discomfort in continuous improvement. Those of you that uh, set a New Year's resolution to get back in the gym know exactly what I'm talking about. There is going to be some level of pain and discomfort in bettering yourself as a leader. It requires sacrifice. There's no easy way to success. There's no easy way to excellence. Sometimes there is going to be pain in preparation. It's almost a given. It's almost a fact of life. But I can tell you this from personal experience and seeing it with many people around me. I assure you there is also pain in losing as well. There is pain in the preparation, but there's pain in losing. You know, I think back to, uh, and many of you that know me may not know this, but I used to be a boxer. I used to box, um, and I loved it. It was a way for me to get out aggression, and, you know, you know, I thought I could hold my own in a fight, so I thought boxing was a logical thing to do and uh, a good way to get a good workout and so forth. So, you know, we used to use this uh, medicine ball, this very heavy ball, and we would have one of our, our teammates drop the ball on our stomach to build up our muscles and, you know, our tolerance for getting punched in the stomach. And, um, you know, when I was new at the gym, my trainer, uh, a shout out to Benny Urso, uh, did a lot for my life. My trainer, he told me to do 20 reps per session with this medicine ball. And when I finished and I began to get up, Benny comes over and he asked me, he said, boy, he called me boy, boy, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm finished, Benny. You told me to do 20 reps. And here's what he told me. He said, you don't start counting to 20 until you feel pain. And I looked at him like he was crazy till I feel pain. He explained it. Boy, you are going to be fighting three rounds on your first fight. And you're going to get an average of 18 punches thrown at your gut per round. And he looked me in the face and he said, you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. But either way, you're going to pay. And so I'm going to tell you that as well today as a leader, as an individual contributor. You're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. There is absolutely pain in success and winning. But know this, there is also pain in failing and losing. 
And as a leader, the stakes are even higher because it's not just about you anymore. There are people counting on you. And if you're not willing to pay the price and you're not willing to sacrifice, you're leaving your team and many families in the balance. There are high stakes and we can't afford to get this wrong. Continuous improvement will build your confidence as a leader when you're faced with the unexpected. The unexpected is coming. And let me take a moment and talk to the new leaders listening or the ones that are aspiring to lead. It is no better roses. There's a lot of gratification with it. But man, there is so many blind spots to leadership. The only way to condition your muscles, if you will, your leadership muscles for the unexpected and the unknown is to build your confidence by continued improvement and training. Number three, engage your motivation to improve your state of readiness. Engage your own personal motivation. If you're not your biggest cheerleader, uh, you this may not be for you. You better engage your motivation to improve your state of readiness. If you're going to be a top-rate leader, you must have the motivation and drive to continue to develop. You have to take responsibility for your own success because as the leadership goes, so goes the team. You can't give what you don't have as a leader. Excellence, development, training, progress, all flow out of the abundance of a leader. If you don't have it, you can't give it. You better engage your motivation to improve your state of readiness. I always say this, you will work for what you for your what, but you will die for your why. You will work for your what, but you will die for your why. So what is your what? Your what is the new car, the clothes, the shoes, uh, you know, the new suit, whatever it might be. That's your what. And those things are nice, and we should chase after those things. But your why, you will die on the field for your why. Family, a cause that's important to you. Maybe a childhood uh, that you're running away from, and you want to do something better for family. You know what that is. And I will tell you this. You need to make sure that you understand as a leader that it's not always about your why. But there are people all around you that have a why that are depending on you as well. I, I, I have a story about going to my first Dale Carnegie class and not fitting in. I told you the story about I wanted to be in sales. I wanted to be a salesperson. I failed miserably in the interview. You know, I, I pulled up my bootstraps and uh, I went. I paid top dollar to go to a Dale Carnegie class. I, I unloaded my entire bank account to go to this class. I, I had no white-collar exposure growing up. I told you I didn't even know how to tie a tie. I go into this first class with my best polo and dockers that I, I could find to go into a classroom with all of these people that looked fancy, had three-piece suits, shine shoes, were saying the right things, articulated well, and uh, there I was. This kid from a small town had a big dream, thought he was going to make it big, thought this class was going to be the breakthrough, and I left that class deflated. It was painful. It was embarrassing. I left embarrassed. I left feeling like I didn't belong in that crowd. That's not where I came from. But you know what? On my ride home, you know what I thought about? Not the pain, not the embarrassment, not about the what, the car I wanted, 
uh, the new house I wanted to buy. You know what I thought about, folks? I thought about my why. And my why compelled me to dig into that binder, to find somebody that could teach me how to dress better, to to teach me a, a little bit about sales so that I could at least hold my own uh, in this crowd. But I can tell you this, on that ride home from downtown Pittsburgh that night, it was a turning point for me because I wanted to give up. But I knew where I came from, and I was scared to death to go back to that place, and I didn't want the same for my family. And so my why propelled me to dig deep, get answers, and figure it out. My why compelled me not to quit. What's your why? What is it that is going to be the turning point for you? What is your why? More importantly, do you know the why of the people that you're leading? Because at some point, they're going to want to quit, and they're going to want to give up, and they're going to think it's too hard. And somebody, leader, is going to have to step up and say, you can't quit now because your why demands extra effort. As a leader, we're not just affecting our purpose, but also the purpose and the why of those that we lead. You've got to be willing to work hard to develop the competency to do your job. You know, I believe that there's two things that will change who you are, and it's what you read and who you spend time with. I always say you're the sum of the five people that you're closest with. What are you reading and who are you hanging out with? Is what you're reading making you better? Is who you're around propelling you to greatness? Are they getting you closer to your why or are they pulling you farther away? As a leader, you have to be willing to accept constructive criticism. You've got to be around people that are going to give it to you real, that are going to want you to get better and are willing to have the tough conversations with you. You've got to be willing to give, give up on these outdated, stagnant strategies. Try new things. Don't ever have the mentality of, this is how we've always done it. Those are the most dangerous words in leadership. They're the most dangerous words in business. We can't do it how we've always done it. You as a leader can't do it how you've always done it. You know, old keys will never open a new door. They're going to only open the same doors they've always opened. As a leader, you can't just keep doing it the same way and expect a different result. You've got to be an innovator. You've got to be willing to take calculated risks as a leader to find new ways and engage your motivation. Those three steps are going to be very important to you. And I want this to be a call to action. If you're listening today and you mean business, on improving your state of readiness as an individual or as a leader, I want you to email me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. And I want you to just give me this statement. It, the subject line can be, I'm ready. And I want you to give me one sentence, your name and I'm ready. So it would be this, my name's Jeff Hancher and I'm ready. I'm going to get you on my mailing list and I'm going to get you some information that will be great action plans to ensure your state of readiness and improve as a leader. I'm also going to be giving away for everybody that emails me uh, with that subject line and that statement. I'm going to be giving away uh, the new book from John Maxwell, Leadership. I'm going to be doing a drawing and I will be mailing that out to you. I also want to remind you today to uh, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Champion Forum. And I'm going to close with this. 
You know, I learned from my mistake. I didn't, I didn't let the failure hold me back from that interview. I put in the work and I followed the proper principles to get the sales job that I dreamed of. You know, since that time, I've kept applying these same principles to achieve numerous promotions, great recognition, financial stability for my family. By no means am I telling you I'm the best on earth, but I can tell you this. I am so far away from where I've come from and so thankful for the opportunities that I've been given. These principles work, and they're for you as well. Your why demands it. As a leader, there will be many people's whys that you're accountable for. You know, I heard it once said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth. It's there that you'll find the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the businesses that were never started, the inventions that were never shared, the ideas and ambition that were never acted upon. Why? all because someone was too afraid to take the first step. They were not willing to endure a little bit of pain. They lost the drive to carry out their purpose of their time on earth. There are people all over this planet that would cherish the opportunity to have our challenges. It is our duty and it's our obligation as a leader to reach our fullest potential so that we can help others do the very same thing. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. If you found this message today valuable and you see some value in what you learned today and what you listened to, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to the podcast and rate it and review it. You can also follow me on social media, as I stated, at the Champion Forum. And ultimately, I want you to remember this. You have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead inspire win.